are you? I'm no one. Star Wars is an American classic. It is truly an iconic film in the American lexicon. It has captured the hearts and minds of, of Americans literally for, for decades. So let me ask, how many of you can remember, if you're old enough, going back uh, into the 1970s, how many of you guys remember going to the theater and seeing young Luke Skywalker take on the powers of darkness? Anybody remember that? Oh, that's huge. I mean, that was like a huge deal. And what's so amazing to me is I can still remember uh, the year. It was 1977. I was seven years old or six years old probably. And uh, the, the, going in to watch Star Wars, and I was so enthralled with it. And what's crazy is I can remember this from 39 years ago. And what's crazy is my kids are still crazy about the movie. My kids know everything about this movie. They know all the scenes. They know all the people. They know all the action fights. They know how to use the lightsabers. The, the whole deal. And so it's no wonder that this movie is literally the third highest grossing film of all time. Two bill. What? what is going? What's going on? Most impressive. He's most impressive? He's, of course it's impressive. You're at Metro. You're probably talking about my preaching. Oh, no, wait. You're talking about the $2 billion you made, huh? Uh, no, actually we don't. That, listen, I completely understand the powers of the dark side. That's what we're talking about here tonight. It's dangerous. What is my bidding, my master? What is my bidding? I'm not your master. What are you talking about? You're losing it, man. You've got to hold yourself together. I am the father. I am your father. You are not my father. Let me tell you something, punk man. I have a father, and he looks nothing like you. I have a heavenly father who is good, and he doesn't wear a cape. No, 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 listen, I know the power of the dark side. 
and it's real. I get the whole thing. That's what we're talking about here tonight. Yeah, I have, man. I got it going on. Of course, I know and I've learned. Listen, I've learned to stay away from people like you, evil people like you. I got tons of faith. What are you talking about? I just have no faith in you. I have you now. You don't have jack squat, pal. The force is strong with this one. Yeah, yeah, the force is strong. And why don't you get off my stage? Get out of here. Who do you think you are interrupting the preaching of God's word like that? Get out of here. He's lucky I don't use my ninja lightsaber skills on him, right? Uh, I'm just having some fun. So that was fun. Come on, that was fun. But uh, now down to, yeah, now down to some serious, serious Star Wars business. Um, You know, this whole Star Wars series is really interesting. It it is. And and people uh, have all kinds of thoughts about it. And Star Wars means a whole bunch to a whole bunch of different people in different sort of ways. Uh, To some, it's it's little more than just hokey spirituality. And uh, but to others, it's like laser fights and cosmic wars and crazy creatures and all that. And of course, others uh, think of it as like a galactic war zone only. And still others think of it as a starting point uh, to discussions about faith. Uh, to family, about loyalty, um, about friendships, and what does all that mean? Uh, And I don't know what you think about the Star Wars movies, uh, but I can tell you this. I I think there's a ton of spirituality in in these movies. I think there are some incredible little analogies that we can take away from these films that will be incredible uh, for launching um, discussions about spirituality because uh, you'd have to be like living under a rock in some far, far galaxy, right? Far away galaxy. Not to know that the entire movie series called Star Wars has been built around a theme, that there is this thing called the force, right? The force. And the force has a good side and a bad side and evil and good and and all that sort of a thing, light and dark. Uh, That's the whole idea. But what's really interesting to me is that when George Lucas started to write this series way back in the 1970s, he said way back then that he had no intentions of bringing religion or spirituality uh, of any kind to this. He had no thought that, that the force would have any spiritual implications. He said, quote, I'm only writing this movie for fun, for entertainment, right? Uh, but in recent years, if you've paid attention a little bit, Uh, Lucas has changed his tune a little bit. Uh, He has realized that the Star Wars series has literally penetrated the landscape of American spirituality. It really has. Uh, As a matter of fact, there is a scene in uh, the Star Wars movie, the latest one, where um, one of the commanders, a guy named Modi, I think his name is, and he is basically congratulating Darth... uh, uh, no, matter of fact, it's in the movie before this one, I'm sorry. But he's congratulating Darth Vader on this ability to destroy planets and all that kind of stuff. And he, and he says that he's congratulating Darth Vader on this, um, on this machine that can blow up the like, big things all at once, right? And so, but Darth Vader's response to him was incredible. He, he says, uh, don't be too proud of this technical terror you have constructed. Then he says this. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant to the power next to the power of the force. It's insignificant next to the power of the force. And and, and if you think about the force, it has made its way into American thinking about spirituality. It really has. 
um, the force has become known as this kind of vague religious tone to it, this vague spirituality that somehow you're connected to something else which gives you some sort of power. As a matter of fact, Lucas, in more recent days, when talking about the influence that this, this series has had on spirituality in America, he says this, quote, he says, all I was trying to say in a very simple and straightforward way is that there is a God and there is good and that there is a bad side. Now, Lucas goes on to explain the force like this. He's talking about this force and what he means by this force. This is what he says. The force, listen very carefully. He says, the force is a nothingness that can accomplish miracles. Pause for a second. Think about that. It's kind of a weird statement, isn't it? The force is a nothingness that can accomplish miracles. And this is probably where the Christian faith separates from the faith of the force in Star Wars. This is where it starts to fall apart because now we're going to grab some analogies from this film, but, but this idea that the force is this perfect analogy to the Christian faith is just really not true because the force in this movie, we, we really learn, is more about personal enlightenment and personal power or empowerment. Uh, the for, faith in, uh, that this force thing that represents in Star Wars has sort of a mystery to it that it's some higher power that is mostly achieved from within you. As a matter of fact, Lucas says it like this. Ultimately, the force, quote, is a larger mystery of the universe. Think about this. He says the force is representative of a larger mystery of the universe, and to trust your feelings is the only way into that. Now, can I just say honestly, that's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. That's just a bunch of you know, <laughs> the, the last thing Americans need to do is to trust their feelings about right and wrong, spirituality, what is moral, what is immoral, what about the devil, and what about God? That's really the last thing Americans need to be encouraged to do, right? So, so let me tell you what I'm hoping that you will not forget about our time together. Now, we're going to dive into this whole film, and we're going to use it as some analogies to get us into the scripture, but here's what I'm hoping that you will not forget. We must not confuse the force with the Christian faith. We must not confuse, let me say this again, that we must not uh, confuse the force with the Christian faith. Again, while I think there are some good analogies that we can pull from this, the force, as painted in this movie, in this series of movies, is this very indifferent, this very distant, this very impersonal force that only a select few could ever really know and engage. Only a select few. Um, but the Christian understanding of God is far different than that. The Christian understanding of God from the Bible is that God wants you to know him personally. That God is not just out there somewhere, but listen, friends, that he's in here. That you can literally do life with God. That you can not just know about him, but friends, that you can know him. That, that you can run to him and turn to him with all of the situations of your life. As a matter of fact, the Bible paints this picture that not only can you know God, but God knows you personally. He knows all of your ups and all of your downs, all of your victories and all of your struggles, all of your sin, all of the good things about you. He knows it all about you. And he still loves you and reaches towards you and wants a relationship with you. As a matter of fact, the scripture knows the darkness of my heart. And he says that God offers me forgiveness. And God knows the, the darkness of your heart. And the scripture says that God still offers you a very personal Forgiveness, And so don't confuse the force 
with the Christian faith. But again, there are some great analogies that we can take away from this. As a matter of fact, one of them is, uh, is about a third of the way through the movie. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Harrison Ford's character is admitting that he has finally come to believe in this thing called the Force. And by the way, Harrison Ford is a great actor, isn't he? I mean, he is just such a good actor, uh, but he's paid handsomely to do it. Guess how much this guy earned from this one film, this film, The Force Awakening. Guess how much? 50 million and counting. 50, not a bad paycheck for, for a little bit of work, right? Not bad. Um, but check this out because he's admitting in this scene that he has finally come to believe. So, fugitives, huh? The First Order wants the map. Finn is with the Resistance. I'm just a scavenger. See what you got. Go ahead. This map's not complete. It's just a piece. Ever since Luke disappeared, people have been looking for him. Why did he leave? He was training a new generation of Jedi. One boy, an apprentice, turned against him, destroyed it all. Luke felt responsible. He just walked away from everything. Do you know what happened to him? A lot of rumors, stories. People that knew him best think he went looking for the first Jedi temple. The Jedi were real. I used to wonder about that myself. Thought it was a bunch of mumbo jumbo. A magical power holding together good and evil, the dark side and the light. Crazy thing is, it's true. The Force of the Jedi. All of it. It's all true. Now, if you've been following the Star Wars saga at all, you'll know that Harrison Ford's character, uh, Han Solo, right? That he is this classic doubter. He is this uh, spiritual skeptic that, that there can be anything to this idea of the Force. He calls it, throughout this whole series, just bunk or, or uh, mumbo-jumbo, right? This magical power holding it all together, good and evil and light and dark. Uh, Hans is this notorious cynic, but he's finally come to terms that there is something more than we can see with the human eye. He finally comes to terms, uh, and this is a really powerful scene for those of us who grew up kind of watching Star Wars because we're used to him just beating Luke into the ground anytime Luke mentioned the Force, remember that? He would always make fun of and belittle Luke. Uh, but he's finally coming to terms that, that there can be something more than just what humans make with the hand or human philosophy, that there are things in the unseen world that go on, right? Uh, and, and friends, this is where many of you are right now, even in this very room. Uh, you're here. You've lived most of your life as a skeptic. But some of you, you've begun to change. You've begun to move. You've come to this place where maybe you're even thinking it's true. All of it's true. And let me tell you how come. How come this is true for some of you? Because the truth is, is if you live long enough, you see life differently, don't you? 
If you live long enough, you start to gain a different perspective. And there's a whole bunch in this room who lived a long time going, this is just a bunch of bunk. This is just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Uh, this force that holds, this God thing that holds it all together, good and bad and evil and all that kind of stuff. And you've just grown up and you've been thinking all of your life that it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. But something has changed in you. Something is different in you now. And friends, I'll tell you why. It's because as you get older and as you go through life, you start to see things that you just can't quite explain in human terms. It's almost like you're given new eyes to see deeper into the unseen world. And the truth is this, friends, is that I think there's a whole bunch of us in this very room, we fought our way through life. And, and we have found ourselves fighting on both sides of this coin. I think most of us, if we were honest, we would say that there have been times in our life that we were squarely planted on the good side. And then there are other times that we are firmly planted on the evil side of the coin. That we've struggled through this. That this struggle is real. I think most of us, if we would be honest, we would say that there is a struggle even right now inside of us. With desires that kind of go both ways. And, and so for you, some of you have moved, just like Han Solo has moved, right? Where, where you, yeah, you can see other people who go through life saying it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo, but for you it's different because you've been there, you've felt it, you've experienced both sides of it. And you know that there is something different about this God thing, something real about this God thing. You're in this process that we talk about of taking your next steps toward God. And the more steps you take toward him, the more real he becomes. The more steps you take toward him, the more alive he becomes in you. The more steps you, you, you take toward him, the more personal he, he comes to you. And so you're now, you're, you're, you're different. You're saying it's true. All of it, it it's, it's true. It's just true. As a matter of fact, Paul in the scriptures, um, he's writing to this church in, in, the, in the city of Ephesus and and he's trying to get them to help, help them to understand this battle, this spiritual battle that rages all around them. Because the, we, we live in this world that says it's only the physical that counts. It's only the here and now that counts. Only what you can see with your hand that counts. And Paul is trying to tell these young Christians that it's more than that. It's something deeper than that. And this is what he says in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and evil authorities in the unseen, what? In the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Friends, it amazes me. I've been trying to get this uh, Christian faith thing down for a long time in my life. And it really shames me to say how often when, when adversity comes my way or challenges come my way, how I don't even turn to God. Where, where I think it's just another physical challenge in my life, where it's just something I got to fight through and get over and to work through, right? I mean, like, it can, be, it can be a marital struggle, it can be a family struggle, or it can be a relational struggle with friends or people I work with, or a business struggle, or a finance struggle, or, or a struggle with my health. And all I think is I just got to work harder. I just got to fight harder. And very few times do I really stop to reflect that maybe God is at play in this. Maybe God wants to teach me something through all of this. Maybe God wants to do something in me and through me and around me in all of this. Rarely do I step back and examine my heart and say, God, what are you really doing in all of this? So it's amazing to me that just how, how we just kind of fixate and lock into this 
this physical world. I'm going to tell you something, friends. I want you to hear this. Maybe you should even write this down. The spiritual life requires work. Come on. It's true, isn't it? The spiritual life requires work. If we are going to know God and love God and follow God and experience God and feel God's presence and his leadership in our life, it just doesn't happen. It takes work. It takes purpose. It takes direction. It takes me, listen, it takes me humbling my heart on a daily level to take a moment and to pray and to purposely seek God. It it takes me opening God's word and saying, God, would you please, please speak to me through this. God, I need to hear you because I am not satisfied with just living in the physical here and now. I need something more from you. Friends, is it true? That this spiritual walk, this spiritual life that we want, it takes worth, uh, work. And, and friends, let me tell you something. If we don't do this, listen, if we don't do this, there is a dark side within us that will pull and pull and pull, listen to me, and pull and pull and pull at you until you fall. If you don't work, if you don't fight this pull of darkness, it will eventually win in every single one of us. Look at this clip from uh, at Kylo Ren. He's uh, kind of like the new Darth Vader in this. And, and he's having um, this internal struggle, good versus evil, that all of us experience, that all of us feel. And he's praying to his grandfather, Darth Vader. Check this out. Forgive me. I feel it again. The pull to the light. Supreme Leader senses it. Show me again the power of the darkness. And I will let nothing stand in our way. Show me. Grandfather. And I will finish what you started. A map to Skywalker himself. You are right back in the mess. Mars, I need you to get this droid to Leia. No. You've been running away from this fight for too long, Han. Go home. Leia doesn't want to see me. Please, we came here for your help. What fight? The only fight against the dark side. Through the ages, I've seen evil take many forms. The Sith, the Empire, today... It is the First Order. Their shadows spreading across the galaxy. We must face them. Fight them. All of us. There is no fight against the First Order. Not one we can win. Look around. There's no chance we haven't been recognized already. I bet you the First Order is on their way right... What's this? What are you doing? Solo? 
What is she doing? I don't know, but it ain't good. If you live long enough, you see the same eyes in different people. I'm looking at the eyes of a man who wants to run. You don't know a thing about me. Where I'm from, what I've seen. You don't know the First Order like I do. They'll slaughter us. We all need to run. Hmm. Those scenes come back to back in the movie, and they're powerful, aren't they? They're crazy scenes. And, and I want you to know what's really going on here. What you have are completely different people, all experiencing the same fight. All of them are experiencing the same fight that you and I experience. It's the battle for the soul. It's the struggle, that the, the internal struggle to decide where we are going to go, who we are going to turn to, what we are going to be loyal to. It's this internal struggle. So Kylo Ren, he is, he's uh, going to his grandfather, Dark Vader, right? And he's saying, forgive me because I have this pull inside of me. I, I want to be dark and I want to be evil, but for him it's the other way. He has this pull toward good. And then you got Finn, this new character, right? Uh, and, and he wants to run. He, he knows what he should be doing and he's just trying to talk himself out of it. And of course, Han Solo, he has been running forever from everything. He's been just filled with himself the whole time. But let me tell you something, friends. If you don't fight this pull toward darkness, you will eventually fall. I, I want to say it like this, that there is a pull toward darkness, and it's real. The pull toward darkness in all of our lives is real. You know it, and I know it. Everything in us is wired to go south. Am I right? Everything in life is wired to go down, not up. We have to work for anything that is good in our life. We have to work for anything that is positive in the right direction in our life. Am I right? Everything in us wants to go down. Look at how Paul talks about this internal struggle that's in all of us. This is a universal struggle. You have it and I have it. And Paul talks about this in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 7. He says it like this. This is really interesting to me. And this is kind of a complex writing, okay? This is kind of hard to follow. But, but when, you, when you follow it, you're going to say, wow, he's talking about me. He's literally talking about you. He's literally talking about me. He nails this. Listen to what he says. He says, and I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. Pause. We know this to be true. Anybody have kids? There you go. There you go. There, you don't have to teach a kid how to be bad. It just comes naturally. It, it's, you don't have to teach a kid how to be selfish. It just comes naturally. You don't have to teach a kid how to lie. It just comes Naturally. And so Paul just admits to something that we all struggle with. He says, all of us have this sin nature inside of us. There's nothing good that lives deep inside of our soul. He knows the blackness and the recesses of our hearts. And he says it like this. He goes, I want to do what is right, but I can't. Anybody? I want to do, anybody ever try a diet plan? Then you know exactly what he's talking about, right? He says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. It's an amazing thing. Like when you're on a diet, the power of an ice cream is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And it just calls and calls and calls to you, right? But he says, but if I do what I don't want to do, I am not the, really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. He says, listen, this is wired so down deep in me. It is hardwired into me. 
It's like I can't even control it. And then he says this. I have discovered that this principle, this principle at life is at work in me. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Anybody ever feel that way? Anybody? You, you know what to do. You want to do what's right. But there's this call of darkness that's pulling and pulling and pulling at you. And then he says this. I love God's law with all of my heart. And it's probably true of almost everybody in this room. My guess is when Chad gets done up here singing and playing guitar, you probably go, man, I love God. You probably are experiencing a connectedness with God that you wish that you could have all the time. Or maybe when you get done hearing the preaching of God's word from this stage or somewhere in life, you go, boy, I wish I could experience that connectedness with God all of the time. And so there's a part of us that says, we love God. We love him. But there is another power at work within me that is at war with my what? Mind. And so what's Paul really saying through all of this? He's saying, Hashtag, the struggle is real, right? That's what he's saying. The struggle is real, that the pull of darkness is real, that, that, that we're born with this struggle. We are born into this struggle. You, you know this. And let me tell you something, friends. Somehow, you've got to figure this out. I think every single person in this room knows the power of this struggle, and at some point, we got to stop making excuses and figure it out. we got to figure out, listen, 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 who we are going to surrender to and who we are going to defeat. Because both of these things war within us. At some point, we're going to figure out who we are going to be loyal to and who we are going to be disloyal to. Which direction we're going to choose. And if we can put it in the terms of this movie, which side of the force are you going to come down on? You see, there is this narrative that's all the way at work through this entire series called Star Wars. And it's this narrative that says that you, you were built for a purpose, that you were made for purpose, that, that you were created for something Rob more. Thomas. That you were created for something. I'm telling you, there's something big going on right now. Uh, but that you were created for purpose, that you were created for God to do something more. And your purpose, let me tell you something, friends, is not to constantly fight God. Hello? Your purpose is not to constantly be at war with God. Your purpose is not to constantly go, I'm not sure I want to obey him or not obey him. Your, your purpose is to, to figure out how to love him and follow him and obey him and serve him completely. Completely. That is the call of God on all of our lives. And we go with this narrative, and it's so true, not only in this movie, but in all of Scripture and in all of our lives, that there's this constant battle of who we are going to serve. And Jesus said, you got to serve somebody. It might be the devil. It might be the Lord. Bob Dylan did not write that originally. Jesus did. And he says, you got to serve somebody. you got to figure out where you're going to go with this. There, there's a scene uh, in The Force Awakened that is really an awesome scene. Uh, Rey, she is this new uh, Jedi up-and-coming master. We don't know that quite yet in this movie, but you can definitely tell that this is what, where it's going. And she's the new superstar. She's the new hero of the whole deal. Um, and, and we say, yay, power to the ladies and all that. That's cool. Um, but in this scene, Rey, the, the, uh, just before the scene I'm going to show you, in this scene, Rey is confronted with this call on her life. Um, she, she has this opportunity uh, to take a hold of Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Now, that's a big deal. 
in this movie, that's a big deal. And really what it comes to represent is it's the call on her life, the purpose for her life, the destiny for her life. But she fights it. So when she holds on to this, um, it's really a cool sequence of scenes because she's ushered into this like dreamscape and, and she actually gets to look backwards in her life and she gets to look forward in her life. And then when she comes out of this dreamscape, this is what she does. I shouldn't have gone in there. That lightsaber was Luke's and his father's before him. And now it calls to you. I have to get back to Jack. Han told me. Dear child, I see your eyes. You already know the truth. Whomever you're waiting for in Jakku, they're never coming back. But there's someone who still could. Look, the belonging you seek is not behind you, it is ahead. I am no Jedi, but I know the Force. It moves through and surrounds every living thing. Close your eyes. Feel it. The light. It's always been there. It will guide you. The saber. Take it. I'm never touching that thing again. I don't want any part of this. <laughs> Ray says, I'm never going to touch that thing again. I don't want any part of it. And really, what's she doing? She, she's running from her destiny. She's running from her, her purpose, right? Now, now, some of the fans of Star Wars, uh, they weren't too happy with J.J. Abram. He's the new director. Uh, because he chose to basically rewrite the very first Star Wars film. And for those of you guys who are old enough or maybe saw the film, you'll know that these two films, they just kind of parallel each other. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason that this storyline works. And that is because we love the story of somebody finding their destiny. Finding their purpose. We love the story of someone overcoming great odds. We love the story of some kid on a far away planet living in some back hole hovel where all of a sudden he's caught up into this super cosmic intergalactic battle where he becomes the star. We love these kinds of stories. We love these kinds of narratives. And let me tell you something, friends. One of the reasons that faith is such a big part of my life is that God uh, has told us, he has told me, he's told us that, that our relationship with God gives us a life that we cannot have on our own. This is one of the most incredible things about faith. Do you hear this? That God um, gives us a life that we cannot have on our own, that he has a destiny for our lives. Now listen, I get it, it sounds Weird, it might sound Hollywood to say this, but God says, listen, listen to me, that he's created you. And he has a destiny for your life. You were, you were created for more than just going through life, making some money, and paying your bills. 
amen to that. You were created for more than that. Am I right? As a matter of fact, listen to this. Listen to this. This is so incredible. Don't miss this. The Old Testament prophet, a man named Jeremiah, uh, one of the greats in God's kingdom, he said it like this. He says uh, in Jeremiah 29, 11, you may have heard this before, but let me just remind this, remind you of this. For he, he says, for I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and to give you a hope. Our relationship with God was designed to be exciting. And there's a whole bunch of people who come to church every single week around the globe and for you, your relationship with God is like this. Like, oh, when's this going to get over? Oh, this is so boring. Listen, let me tell you something. A relationship with God was never designed to be boring. A relationship with God, obeying God, was never designed to be boring. Serving God was never designed to be boring. Obeying him, working in his kingdom, was never designed to be boring. God wants to use your uniqueness for his glory to do something incredible far beyond what you could ever imagine for yourself. He's designed you to get involved in the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. There is no shortage of evil in this world for you to fight. And yet most of us will live our lives comfortably, comfortably sitting by, just entertaining ourselves right into the grave. And I don't get that. I don't get it at all. Because God has created us for more than just saying, oh, my whole hope of my life is to get away to the lake for a weekend and do a little fishing. Now that's good to get away for a little fishing. And God says, I love your plans. Your plans are good. The problem with your plans, though, they're just too small. God says, oh, you got good plans, fine plans. I love your plans, but they're not my plans for you because mine are way bigger than that. My plans for you are to engage in this, in this spiritual battle where God uses you to move this world toward his kingdom. All right. You guys aren't hearing me. This is a big deal. And, and I'm telling you something. I may not get to fly around in some X-plane, intergalactic, you know, wing fighter type of thing, but I get the thrill of knowing that God is using me for something more. I get the thrill of, of, of knowing that God is using for me for something bigger than me. Do you know what I am in life? I'm a house builder. That's all I am. I build houses. I fix things. But God has given me an incredible opportunity to come alongside some of your lives and just to encourage you, to nudge you along a little bit in your spiritual journey. I get to engage in this cosmic battle of good versus evil in your life and in my family's life. He did not create us just to simply get by in life and to do very little in his kingdom. Not at all, friends. And if that's what you think it is, you're missing what God has for you. You know, the theme is most clearly felt in this movie when, uh, for the new characters, you know, Finn, he's got to decide, is he going to leave the old or the new order, and, and is he going to run and just take care of himself, or is he going to engage in this fight? Of course, you know, Hans is always deciding, is he going to run, or is he going to engage in this fight? And then this young lady named Ray, she's got to decide, is she going to pick up the saber and do what God has called her to do? And friends, it is the same question for you. Are you going to pick up the saber that God has called you to pick up and do what he has called you to do? God has called you to do life with him on the good side.
right? He really has. Now, there is a scene in this movie, and I love this scene. Uh, Leia is talking to Han uh, Solo, and apparently they're separated or divorced in this movie, but they have a, a son, and his name is Kylo Ren, and he is uh, the evil guy in this movie, right? He's the new Darth Vader, and I probably have already ruined the movie for anybody who hasn't seen it, um, but, but I love this scene, and it's probably um, one of the, the best lines, I think, in any Hollywood movie. It's an amazing scene um, because they're talking about Kylo. We don't know how it happened, but Kylo has gone from the good side to the dark side, and he, he's given himself over to this kind of evil. And uh, Leia and Hans are talking, and they say they miss their son. They say they miss their son. And, and then they say, uh, Leia says, we can go get him. She says, we can still reach him. We can still reach him. But, but, but Hans's line is very interesting in reply. He says, how? Even, the, even Luke, the Jedi, could not reach him. Even Luke could not reach him. Even the Jedi could not reach him. But, but Leia's follow-up line is amazing. You know what she says? She says, Luke is just a Jedi. Now, in this movie, if you've paid attention to this movie at all, you'll know that a Jedi is everything. Everything. But she says, Luke is just a Jedi. And she says, but you are his father. You are his father. And what she's saying, she's saying, a Jedi is cool, a Jedi is this, a Jedi is that, but, but a father is something more. A father is something different. A father is somebody who does not give up. A father is somebody who keeps reaching, keeps going, keeps trying, even when their children are gone, even when their children are distant, even when their children are rebellion, in rebellion. A father keeps reaching toward his wayward children. That's what he does. Now, let me tell you something, friends. The reason that you can move towards your purpose in God is because you have a father just like that in heaven. You have a heavenly father who has looked at your life and goes, yep, you have screwed up an awful lot. And it's true of a whole bunch of us in this room. We have broken our relationships. We have done things that have turned our hearts toward God, that have separated us toward God and toward the very people that we love. But we have a father who goes, yep, it's true. But I'm still reaching, and I'm still coming after you, and I'm not giving up after you. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And because of this, yeah, because of this, we're invited. Listen, we are invited into something more, something more. And so Kylo Ren in this, uh, in this movie, he's turned to the dark side, but, but Hans and Leia decide that it's still worth it, that a father goes after their son. And what's interesting in this, and I'm going to show you this scene, and if I haven't ruined the movie for you already, this is going to totally ruin the movie for you. But Han uh, Solo, he still loves his son. He still believes in his son because this is what good fathers do. And so he decides to go after his son, not with a lightsaber, not with a laser weapon or a galactic bomb, he goes after his son with love. And he reaches toward his son. Check this out.
Han Solo. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Take off that mask. You don't need it. What do you think you'll see if I do? The face of my son. Your son, he's gone. He was weak and foolish, like his father. So I destroyed him. That's what Snoke wants you to believe. But it's not true. My son is alive. No. The Supreme Leader is wise. Snoke is using you for your power. When he gets what he wants, he'll crush you. You know it's true. It's too late. No, it's not. Leave here with me. Come home. We miss you. I'm being torn apart. I want to be free of this pain. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Will you help me? Yes, anything. Such a powerful scene, isn't it? When this father reaches his hand up and he touches the cheek of his son, knowing that his own son has just betrayed him. But let me tell you something. This is what good fathers do. They continue to reach. 
When, when, when Kylo says it's too late, he says, no, it's not. Good fathers continue to speak truth into the life of their family. And let me tell you something, friends. This is what our Heavenly Father does. As a matter of fact, Jesus describes one time the, the picture of our Heavenly Father. You may be familiar with the story. It's found in Luke 15 where, where um, it's called the parable of the lost son. Maybe you've heard of this, right? But what, what is the story about? You remember the story? You have this son who has been well taken care of by his father, and this son becomes rebellious. He, he literally goes to his father, and he says, he says Father, I, I know you're going to die, so you might as well give me a share of my, uh, the, my share of the inheritance. Uh, you give me what is due to me. And, and, and this was so insulting to the family, so insulting to the father. But the father does something crazy, and the father literally gives a portion of the son's inheritance to him. And the son, we learn, goes out, and what does he do? Anybody remember? He just blows it. He just goes out and spends it on wild women and drinking and partying, and I guess that's what humanity has always done, right? Um, we, we often blow it, and he just causes this incredible hurt in, our fam in his family. He causes this incredible distance between him and his father. And what's interesting is Jesus, as he's telling this story, he begins to say that there, there was this moment where the son hits rock bottom, and the son eventually, like a light bulb goes off, and he gets it that he's really screwed it all up. He looks around and he says, I'm broken and I'm empty and I have nowhere else to go. And he decides in this moment to turn his heart back toward home. He, was, he decides that I'm going to go home and I'm just going to say, I'm sorry, I screwed up. And he's just going to beg for mercy from his father. Now, Jesus' response to this is amazing. What he says the father says is absolutely Incredible. Now, pay close attention. Luke 15, 20 says, so he returned home to his father. The kid decides, I'm going to go home, and he's going he's to say, I'm sorry. He says, but while he was still a long way off, the father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he what? He ran to his son. He embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. You notice what he does? The son decides, I'm going to just suck it up. I'm going to go back home. But what was going on with the father? Where was the father? He, Jesus paints a picture of the kind of God that we have, the kind of heavenly father that we have. If you notice, it's like this father goes out every night and tells his wife, hey, honey, I'm going to take a little walk. And where does he go for his walk? He goes to the very edge of the property. And what is he doing at the very edge of the property? He's looking out for his what? His son. His wayward son, he's looking and reaching and caring and hoping because this is what good fathers do. He reaches and he hopes, and eventually he sees his character coming over the, over the horizon. And he starts to think, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe that's my... No, it can't be. Oh, wait. And eventually it says that the father didn't wait around to see who it was that was coming. But the father ran to his son. He ran to his son. And let me tell you something, friends. This is what good fathers do. Now listen, when he gets to the son, they have this moment, right? And the son is going, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But the father says this. The father says to his servants, quick, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf because, that we have fed. And we must celebrate with a what? A feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but he's now what? Come on, found. And then you got to love this line. He says, so the party began. The party began. 
Let me, let me tell you what, you're, what you may not be getting here. It's that this is an invitation by a father to his son for more. Think about that. This son has already taken everything. But this father says, there's more for you. I'm inviting you to something new, something better, something that you can't even dream for yourself. The son comes back and he's just going, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I don't even deserve to be your son. And the father says, you're crazy. I've been waiting for you to come home. And so there's this narrative in the Star Wars saga, and it's the same narrative of scripture, that you and I spend most of our lives running from him and turning from him and thinking we know what's best. But our real destiny, our real hope for a future, discovering the purpose of God in your life first occurs when you turn your heart toward home, when you turn your heart toward God, when you repent and move toward him, when you humble yourself and you come back to your father, it says every single time, Jesus says every single time, God the heavenly heavenly father, he will meet you and he will lift you and he will accept you and he will embrace you and he will give you more than you have ever dreamed. Amen? And so that's my take on Star Wars. Is that we have a heavenly father who reaches toward us and never stops. And we find our destiny when we move toward him, not away from him. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and... um, it's fun to talk about movies. It's fun to, you know, imagine and to have fantasy like this, entertainment like this. But God, there's a real truth here as well. That you want more for us. And that you eventually say to us that, that there is this enemy who's waiting to devour us. And it's true. But that you have come to give us life and life to the full. And so, Father, maybe even in this room, there might be some who just need to turn towards you. God, maybe there's some who have been running and moving in the wrong direction and they simply need to stop, repent, and turn around and move towards you. Maybe there's some in this room right now, Holy Father, that, that would cry out to you and ask you to forgive their sin. That they would admit to you, God, that they are wayward, that they're broken, that, that there's blackness in their soul that they can't seem to get a handle on. And if they're not careful, if they don't fight this, it's going to devour them. So God, maybe right now, you would hear some cries towards you. Maybe in this room right now, you need to say, God, I'm so sorry. God, would you forgive me? Would you help me to move towards you? God, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to live this way. I don't want to move in this direction. I want to move toward you. Tell him that. He will meet with you. He will meet with you. So Father, in this room right now, I pray that your spirit would speak to one and all. God, that we would move toward you. Help us to take steps towards you. In Jesus' name, together we say, amen. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. I met you at the movies. Um, I'm encouraging you. I would love for you to, if, if you would love to pray or pray with somebody, if you'd love to connect with somebody up to my left, to your right, we would love to do that. Maybe God's speaking to you in some way. And I know it's weird. Like, he uses a movie. But God uses all things for his glory. 
And so maybe you just need to connect with somebody up to my left, to your right. There's some folks who would love to meet with you. Second of all, uh, we're starting a brand new series um, next week. I hope that you will join us. It's going to be sweet. We're going to go do a little old school. God bless you guys.